0: Over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with Jesus and to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so, so grateful to have you here. Thank you again for joining today. I just wanted to mention that unedited hit 70,000 downloads um, recently, like maybe a week ago or so. And I know in the podcasting world that is so small, but I am so grateful. Thank you for being a piece of the unedited journey. Um, When we get to 100,000, I'm gonna do some sort of giveaway, something fun. But last year, there was people that listened in over 46 countries. And I'm just blown away by that. And I'm so, so, so grateful. Thank you to everybody who has shared. Thank you to those of you who have given feedback. It is so appreciated. Um, I'm so grateful. And I truly hope and pray that this podcast has helped and strengthened your walk with God, fueled your hunger for the Word of God and for His presence at the end of the day. That is the goal of this podcast. It's for you to get out your Bible, and for you to get out your journal, and for you to establish a habit of sitting with Jesus every day. Today, I am going to talk about just the simple fact that God wants to change us. God wants to change you and me. He is a God of transformation. The Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And God wants to grow and mature and change us. He begins a process in our life and it begins with salvation, but from there we grow. And I read 1 Peter this morning, there's a, a verse in there, I'm actually probably going to do an episode on it at some point, but he says, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, and it is truly the Word of God that is miracle growth for our souls, for our faith, for the fruit of the Spirit, for all the good things that God desires to do in our lives. 2 Corinthians three seventeen through 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image, from 1 degree of glory to to another for this comes from the lord who is the spirit it says that we are transformed into his image as we behold his glory and it's just a little bit at a time it's a degree 1 degree of glory to another and he desires to change us he is able to do this in our lives as we behold his glory and i believe so much of that happens as we carve out time in our lives to sit with him in his presence every single day, to be at his feet, to be in his word. So I just want to encourage you today, keep running to his presence, keep eating the milk and the meat of his word, keep obeying his word, and growth is inevitable. I had an experience just a couple of weeks ago, I was at a large conference, and it was honestly like a checkup for me. I really actually meant to write about it, but I just saw growth, the insecurities that used to be triggered when I would go to large conferences, the regrets, the um, feelings of inadequacy, and just did not experience that. And I was like, Lord, I, I hadn't noticed how far you had brought me, but just a process of daily daily, daily, getting into his word, getting into his presence has just changed and transformed my life over the years. And I have so far to go, but I cling to Philippians 1, 6, where he says, he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You can take that promise to the bank. He has started a process in your life. And no matter where you are on that journey, he will complete it. He will perform it. He will change you from glory to glory as you surrender to him as you give him access to your heart through prayer as you listen to his word through reading your bible he is going to complete the work in you and hebrews 6 1 says let us go on into perfection this is not our own personal perfection because we understand that in this lifetime we will never be completely perfect but it is maturity It is growth. We are being formed in his image a little at a time. Today, I am going to share an unedited journal entry called It Might Be a Cocoon. And this is a bit of a long entry, which is why I was short with my commentary in the beginning. Um, But this is something that probably over the last six months has really, really ministered to me personally. Just the thought of transformation and how God works um, the process of metamorphosis in the life cycle of a butterfly. And so today's unedited journal entry, it might be a cocoon. Since I bought this journal a few weeks ago, I have been into butterflies, which I never really have been before. I have watched several documentaries and I have done some reading and wow, butterflies are fascinating. More so, the process of transformation and metamorphosis is fascinating. On Monday night, I dreamed lots of random dreams, but close to the morning, a little phrase came to mind It might just be a cocoon. And it was in my mind when I woke up. That line should probably be rephrased to It might just be a chrysalis, because butterflies don't have cocoons. While I've watched a few BBC and nature documentaries, I certainly don't know enough to be a butterfly expert. But the basics of a monarch go like this. A female lays an egg on the leaf of a milkweed plant. The egg hatches into what is called the first instar larva, a tiny little caterpillar who comes out of its eggshell and promptly eats it. The little caterpillar molts or sheds its interior, exterior four more times, each time revealing a slightly larger and more distinct caterpillar. The length of the first instar larva is roughly two to six millimeters, but by the fifth shed cycle, it has grown to 25 to 45 millimeters. All throughout this cycle, the growing caterpillar is an eating machine, consuming the fibers of the milkweed he hatched on, eating the leaves of the same plant and even consuming the skin he shed. After the fifth molt, he will look for a place to weave a silken pad and hang from a high spot. He will shed his outer layer one final time to form a chrysalis, which will be his home for the next five to fifteen days. Not only will this be his home, it will be the place of one of the greatest transformations in all the animal world. The small chartreuse casing revealed by that final mold will become the accommodations for metamorphosis, a place of striking, distinct life changes. When it is first revealed, The chrysalis is soft, but it hardens to protect the butterfly that will soon begin to form inside. The chrysalis will take roughly 14 days to transform its contents into a butterfly. Inside the chrysalis, almost all of the caterpillar's body is dissolved to a kind of soup. The caterpillar releases enzymes called capsaicis, which rip apart cells in its muscles, digestive system and other organs. Nearly all of the caterpillar is dissolved with the exception of breathing tubes. From the time it hatches, the first instar larva has something in its body called imaginal discs, which are just waiting for the right time to activate. During the caterpillar stage, the imaginal discs are kept dormant by a series of hormones in its body. Each of these pairs of discs contain the code or recipe for a particular body part of the butterfly. Each disc starts off containing roughly 50 cells, which multiply to thousands during its two weeks in the accommodations of the chrysalis. Once locked away in these confines, the hormones that hindered the imaginal discs decrease, and these discs begin to form an adult butterfly from the inside out. After roughly 16 days in the formative process, the butterfly is ready to eclose or emerge from its temporary housing. The chrysalis splits down the center and the butterfly makes its exit. Not only does the butterfly emerge, but the chrysalis also houses some reddish fluid, which is the waste of the butterfly during its stay. The butterfly finds finds a spot to hang and dries its wings. And once they dry and harden, the butterfly is ready to fly. Most generations of butterflies, monarchs, live two to six weeks with the exception of the fourth generation which travels from the north all the way back to Mexico and lives approximately eight months to begin the northern migration in the spring. The butterfly spends its adult life sipping nectar which facilitates the pollination of fruit, flowers, and vegetables. They mate and the next generation begins the life cycle of metamorphosis all over again. While this final stage of their life plays out, they bring beauty to the world. Having undergone striking, distinct life changes they carry on the assignment of the creator. My mind is literally blown by this one little creature, one little design of the master designer. It is stunning, shocking, and so insightful. A few thoughts and reminders I'll take away from this dive into butterflies. Number one, God is a God of process. He starts each life in its smallest possible form and slowly transitions it from one stage of growth to another. I have often heard, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation used in connection with butterflies, but this shows that the new creation will be a baby. We are born again into the family of God and we will go through a series of stages and steps of growth and maturation to become what God ultimately has designed us to be. The stages we go through may not be lovely, I have never heard someone say, what a beautiful caterpillar. Caterpillars are sometimes cute, but not what one typically associates with beauty. But every stage is a requirement for destiny and carries all the potential for beauty. Number three, there are times to leave old things behind. A monarch sheds five times. Our spiritual lives are similar. God slowly grows us from one stage to the next, and each stage requires the old to be left behind. The caterpillar does not grieve its old skin, but simply crawls out to reveal a more mature version of itself. There will be times to leave the past in the past, forgetting those things which are behind. Number four, we don't start off as what we will be, but all the raw materials for calling and future are there. The imaginal disc, for father of the faithful, were in Abraham when he left Ur of the Chaldees, but what a journey of waits and false starts to finally wear the name tag that said father. The imaginal discs for ruler were in Joseph when he dreamed dreams as a teenager, but the process to see those dreams fulfilled included betrayal, false accusations, and the tight confines of an undeserved prison sentence. The imaginal discs of King lay dormant in a ruddy shepherd boy when he strummed melodies on his harp, slung stones, and led sheep. But the steps to the throne were much more than oil poured. The destiny locked inside David was released in caves and wildernesses during a long, years-long manhunt. The man after God's own heart emerged after setbacks and failures. The imaginal discs for mother of the Messiah, were housed in the body of a young girl before an angel spoke, Hail, thou that art highly favored. Mary's purpose likely unfolded in ridicule, accusations, and assumptions. The holy thing which was born of her came into the world in the least likely of scenarios, and the miracle of redemption required a sword to pierce her soul. And in the greatest of unlikely situations, the imaginal discs, redemption were there in the infant form of a baby born in Bethlehem one night thousands of years ago. God himself, robed in the most fragile frame of infancy, came into the world not as he would be, but in the form every other human life begins with. God himself did not circumnavigate the process, but he made himself of no reputation. The raw potential of Redeemer lay helpless in a manger. The King of Kings lay thus in lonely manger. No one of us is now what we will be or can be. All of the imaginal discs for God's ultimate ultimate design are currently present but not yet realized. What we will be unfolds as we say thy will be done. What we will be unfolds as we surrender to God's process. Ultimately, the final result will not be revealed until heaven. 1 John 3:2, Dear friends, we are God's children now, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. Okay, my brain is going so many directions that I really need to work on book stuff, but one more thing for this moment. Number five, the job of the caterpillar in all its stages is to eat. The monarch egg is deposited on milkweed and once it emerges, all the little caterpillar has to do is stay close to the milkweed and eat the milkweed. As soon as it hatches from its egg, it consumes it and goes on to become an eating machine. The primary job of the larva is to eat and grow. Our primary job in the process God is working in our lives is to eat. Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Our job is to consume the word and stay close to the source. We can't force any aspect of the process, but if we do our job, we will grow and the process will unfold. We must eat our way to purpose and eat our way to the expected end, he alone knows. Okay, the thoughts are like fireworks now. Number six, monarch caterpillars eat, but they only eat milkweed. Totally blown away by this. Milkweed leaves contain bitter substances in their latex that the caterpillar stores in its body and uses to discourage birds and mice from eating it. Milkweed contains an alkaloid, which makes the butterfly, the caterpillar, bitter to eat. Predators of the monarch butterfly learn to recognize their bright patterning, remembering not to consume them for their bitter taste. The bitter things in your life are actually protection from the enemy. The bitter things in our lives keep us dependent, which ultimately provides us a defense. Don't despise the bitter you're required to consume. It's keeping you safe. Number seven, back to the original thought. It might just be a cocoon. The chrysalis is tight. As the butterfly grows in its final formative stage, the chrysalis becomes more and more confining. That place that must feel so constricting might just be a cocoon, Your season just might be a chrysalis. God may just be up to greater miracles than your mind can fathom or conceive. He may have wrapped you in the walls of a compact chrysalis, forming and fashioning a far more beautiful and mature version of yourself. Tribulation worketh patience. This could be rephrased pressure creates patience. It is pressure and strain that God so often uses to create his greatest beauty in our lives. The butterfly doesn't have an understanding of the process it's undergoing. It just simply waits through this tight season. And while there could be a million more points and parallels, this is the final two for this journaler. Number eight, the butterfly doesn't know what it will be when it's caterpillar. And while it's enclosed in the chrysalis, there is a lack of understanding because it is small and the creator is big. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. There are times, all of the time, where we as mere humans have no insight into what the Lord is doing. We must choose to be still and trust through the creative process. Be still and know that I am God. There is nothing in a caterpillar that tells you it's going to be a butterfly. The butterfly number nine. The butterfly is most beautiful at the end of its life cycle. Butterflies are more beautiful in the latter stage of their life than at their beginning. As we age as humans, we so often feel the best is behind us, beauty is gone. But if we could see the truest reality, we would understand the words of Paul. Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. While the shell of our body may sag and droop and wither, If we could see with spiritual eyes, we would see the wings of the inward man being formed in those who have endured on the journey of faith. It is those who have been through the process that have wings. It is those who have patiently and bravely undergone God's transformative operations in their lives that are most beautiful inside. It is those who have allowed the designer to walk them through every stage and stop of his plan. It is those who are clothed with inner beauty. Peter wrote you should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is so precious to God this gentle and quiet spirit is formed as we submit to circumstances and hardship in submitting to all God's plans we grow in beauty we are clothed with wings we are more beautiful at our end than at our beginning there is beauty ahead always beauty ahead The same God who forms at least millions of butterflies each year is far more concerned with the formation and creation of our lives. He tenderly and gently forms his image in us through his process. His character is patterned in us through a lifelong metamorphosis, a series of striking life changes. He's crafting something so beautiful it may be too beautiful for this life and will finally be revealed in heaven. It might just be a cocoon, trust his process, there is beauty ahead. We delight in the beauty of the butterfly, but rarely admit the changes it has gone through to achieve that beauty, Maya Angelou. That little thought about metamorphosis and life change has really just resurfaced in my mind since I originally started studying it much earlier last spring maybe maybe March and again today I just really wanted to offer a simple reminder that God desires to change you to work in your life to heal to grow you to bring you to perfection to bring me to perfection what we are right now is not what we will be if we will stay surrendered to him if we will stay in his word we will stay in prayer, if we will be obedient and humble and trusting, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit MegUnedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy, 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 joy-filled Friday.